0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. I'm your host, Natalie Cutler Welsh, here on Reality Check Radio. And my next guest is a longtime friend and fellow business owner. I'm going to be talking to Kim Baird from Amazing Business. She is a business coach, a speaker, an award winning author, and a mom of two. And we're going to be diving into the topic of the lies. We live by. Welcome to the show, Kim.
0: Oh, thank you, Natalie. It's so awesome to have you here, to to be here. Sorry.
1: It's great for you to have me. It's great for me to have you. We're all chatting. It's amazing. So, before we dive in, because I'm so intrigued by this topic, the lies we live by, can't wait. Um, Before we dive into that, though, if you can give our listeners a little bit of backstory. So, basically, just give us a little um, window into who you are and how you got to do what you do, and why is this topic so important to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, essentially, I guess my my journey into this kind of space uh, started about twenty one years ago, and uh, myself and my uh, fiance then we were about to get married, and a month off getting married, uh, he actually got made redundant from his high paying job, and I was studying at university at the time, and it was like the biggest blow in life we're about to get married he's kind of the 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 main breadwinner that we're about to start married life and boom right out the gate um he's been made redundant and so our life kind of got flipped upside down and this is kind of when the uh the dot-com bust happened and the it industry went down and he he was in it and so we really had a choice to make at that that time and uh I think it was, it was kind of a crazy decision, but the right decision, we decided to start a business. And that first year actually went pretty, pretty good. But in the second year, we hit a massive uh, roadblock and the business started going downhill quite fast because essentially um, I finished studying at university. I jumped into the business and started building websites. That's what I was, was uh, studying for as well. And we didn't really have any business skills. We were good at what we were doing, which was building websites for for businesses, but we didn't have the business skills. And so our business nearly went out of business and we ended up finding a, an amazing business coach that helped us get through that adversity and really turn that business around. And we built that business up to a very successful business. Uh, we were traveling around the world. We were having a great time. And then people were coming to us Going, hey, how are you doing this? What are you doing? And so we we started helping uh friends and family with their own businesses and decided that we actually really loved that uh helping people and and empowering people and and helping people to kind of create their own lives and their businesses. And the interesting, so we we both trained as, as business coaches and went into that business space industry and ended up starting a new business, which is amazing business, where we do help small business owners to create their businesses, create their amazing businesses, get more clients and and really have that work-life balance where it's not just all business, but it's actually, hey, what do I want to create in my life as well? Uh and the interesting thing we found though is once we got the necessary business skills uh through creating this business, we discovered that it wasn't really the business skills that were the main impact of The results that we were creating. It was really what was going on inside of us, our internal world, essentially, our thoughts, our beliefs, our attitude, our perspective, our energy, in terms of what was showing up for us. And so we really dived deep into this area of like, how is our inner world helping to create our outer world? And as we, you know, coached hundreds and then thousands of business owners, we really saw that it wasn't always the strategies that they that they needed it was the internal game that they needed help with because you can you can have two different people and give them the exact same advice or the exact same strategies to create the results that they want in their life or in their business but you'll get two very different outcomes from that. And a lot of that comes down to their internal world and what are their beliefs going on? What are their stories going on? What are their their thoughts and their feelings that are happening inside them that are then either helping to support them, create their results that they want, or completely stop them? And so coming back to the lives we live by, we're all, myself included, telling ourselves lies that we're not necessarily aware of, but that are kind of stopping us and slowing us down from creating the life that we actually want.
1: So intriguing. Uh, I think I'm, I love this because all although you mainly work with businesses, the, the topic we're going to dive in today is totally relevant to anyone, whatever industry uh, they're in or whatever they're doing in their life. You're talking about inner, you call, you call it inner game. Um, what are the things that you, what are the lies what are there some specific common lies that come up a lot that you just see time and time again what are the common yeah. lies that people are telling themselves just so uh, that I mean, we, uh, so that our audience starts to kind of get the picture get of what the saying yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> I'll give you a classic example right so about uh 18 months ago I was telling myself that I was getting heaps of exercise um I was walking heaps and I was, I was, I was, you know, doing really great stuff for my health, right? And I had resisted getting like a, you know, a smartwatch for a long time because I'm quite sensitive to like EMFs and stuff like that, the electromagnetic waves. So I had to find a watch that didn't have Bluetooth on all the time and everything like that because it actually affects my system really badly. So I finally found this watch that could track my steps. And lo and behold, when I'm tracking my steps, when I got this watch, I was mind-blown at actually how little I was moving, right? So I had been telling myself, I'm getting out there, I'm going for two walks a day, I'm walking so far, but, you know, until you get the actual data to (laughs) go... You're kind of embellishing it. (laughs) to, To go oh my goodness, actually, I was only walking probably 2,000 steps a day, which in my mind was a complete mismatch from what was actually, you know, from what was in my mind of what I was thinking I was doing. The truth was very different. So that's an example of a lie that we can tell ourselves of like, hey, we're actually doing less for our health than we think we are. We can be telling ourselves lies about our our financial situation. Um, So another example is uh, during the GFC, actually, in 2007, myself and my husband found ourselves in really hard financial times. And a lot of that was out of the control because of the GFC. We had invested a lot of money in stocks and we lost a lot of money very quickly. And we put our head in the sand. And this is going to be very relevant to a lot of people right now who are ignoring their finances and lying about it essentially, right? And going, oh, it's okay. It's sweet. It's fine. I, it, It'll all work itself out. Well, one day, so we thought maybe, 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 you know, we're in like $80,000 worth of debt. Maybe we sat down one day and we're like, do you know what? We just need to look at this and we need to take responsibility for this. And we need to know the truth of where we are. because. If you don't know the truth of where you are, you can't actually improve on it. So, we sat down one night and got the shock of our lives when we found out we were $250,000 in bad debt. And that's not associated with a house or any assets. That is just bad debt. And some of that was out of our control. And some of that was because of bad choices we made. But ultimately, we had to decide what are we going to do about this? We can't get out of this if we don't tell ourselves the truth. And so that's what we did. And then we took responsibility for that and really had to look deep down and be brave. It's up, it's up your brave, right? Like looking at these lies that we're telling ourselves, we have to up our brave and look at them in order to create the results that we want in our lives. So I like that. So
1: look, look at the lie and then you can take responsibility. And then I would say t- take empowered action. Right. Take so it's like, action, then, yeah. you know, you know, what's going on instead of just being like, I'm so fit, I'm doing all these things or the, the finances are not that bad. It's so interesting. My husband for years has been trying to get me to wear a smartwatch. Cause he's like, I bet you do like 10,000 steps. Or, I just move around the house. Like I work from home. I don't really <laughs> yeah. go that far, but I'm, I'm up and down and I'm in and out, you know, I'm couched to the kitchen and back again. Um, but it's sometimes it is good to have a reality check, which is what you did in both of those scenarios. Mm. Yeah.
0: I mean, the you know, the thing is it's like it's really hard. We can make assumptions, okay? Those assumptions, those lies. And I'm using the word lies. It's really quite a harsh way of saying it because we're not conscious of it, right? It's it's like an unconscious uh thing that's going on that we're not actually aware of. And so I say it's lies, but it's just an unconscious thing that we're ignoring, right? Or we're not seeing. And so things like smartwatches or, you know, and you're looking at your actual finances and your bank statements, looking at the reality of what's going on can really help you to see the truth of what's going on and kind of pull back that that curtain.
1: I'd love to know from our listeners, if you're honest with yourself, what lie are you telling yourself? The lie that you're currently living by, if you care to share, you can do that on the text 2057, or if you're more of an email person, inbox at realitycheck.radio. And you can either just send that to me anonymously. You can say, don't read it out if you don't want me to. Sometimes I just pick and choose. We have a lot of people messaging in. So thank you to those who do. Um, I don't read all of them out, but I do read some of them out. It's just good to share some of the takeaways. And hopefully for some people, this will be that turning point moment where they go, okay, <laughs> it's time for me to look look in the, look in, that um, issue in the eye and to move forward. What else, Kim, what else do you see people lying to themselves about? Uh,
0: I mean, there's some common themes that do go on. We lie to ourselves of an, in any area of our life. Um, there's a lot of lies in relationships and the manipulation that we partake in in relationships and you know I've been married to my husband now for 21 years and we have an amazing relationship and it's not always easy but one of the things that we do really well is we have those difficult conversations where it's like what am I doing that's actually causing problems in this relationship and how can we work on this together as a team So there's a lot of lies that go on in relationships. There's a lot of manipulation and controlling that goes on. And this is between spouses. This is between parent and children. This is between work colleagues. This is between family members. Um, You know, that's another really big area. I mean, relationships are a massive part of our lives, right? And so what we can do is lying to ourselves about Our role in a relationship can really break down that that true connection that we can have to have more amazing relationships and so often we can it's so much easier to sit and blame other people and to judge other people and to put put the the blame of what's going wrong in say a relationship or any part of our lives on someone else you know Uh, it's harder to sit there and really sit and look at ourselves and observe and ask those questions to go, what is my part in this and how am I causing this to go wrong? And I do want to say as well is that it's not about beating yourself up. And that's really, really important because We're all doing this. We're all lying to ourselves. It's really about sitting there without the judgment and without the criticism and going, how can I make this better? And until I've actually been truthful with myself, which is uncomfortable, it is hard. You are having to up your brave here, right? (laughs) To look at this. But if you can sit there and go, ooh, actually... I was really manipulative in that moment, and that was destructive to that conversation I had with my friend or my spouse or my child. Then you can make things better. And communication is such a massive part of relationships that uh, how we communicate uh, is so important to creating those amazing relationships. And when you've got an amazing relationship, oh my goodness, it's just, it's fabulous. It doesn't mean there's no challenges doesn't mean that you know obstacles aren't going to come up but it does mean that you can have a way more fulfilling fulfilling relationships with the people in your lives and the people that matter to you. I think we can
1: use this in all areas. I'm a mind mapper you know I like to make mind maps and so yes. I would be tempted for myself I would be tempted to go so I'll have like a circle that says wellness and a circle that says fitness and the, and the finances and the relationships and the business and the Parenting. So there's all these kind of categories or areas of our lives that all of us have, various versions of what I just said, and kind of asking yourself, okay, where am I not being truthful with myself? You know, or where am I lying to myself in the area of and really looking at it? I think it can be quite refreshing because quite often we're encouraged to have goals and to revisit those, you know, six months into the year. But this is slightly different. This is just kind of going, okay, let's, it's in honesty, like a check in with yourself.
0: It is, and it's really, you know, I like to look at it as a place, more of a place of being empowered. It's not a place. It's not a, an activity that you're doing to disempower yourself and to make yourself feel bad about yourself, because uh, we have enough of that anyway. And that's another area where we lie to ourselves. How harsh are we being on ourselves? how How much are we not looking after ourselves and our mental well being? right? It's a whole nother area that we lie to ourselves about, but it is about choices. We can see the lies we're telling ourselves. We can see those beliefs or those thoughts or those feelings or those patterns that we're having. And then we can, when we see them, we can make a choice about that. So, you know, when I got my my watch and I realized how few steps I was actually taking, I could have gone, okay, cool. That's, I can either continue to do this or I can make a choice, right? And so not everything that we bring up, we have to change as well. Mm -hmm. But when we know about it, we can then make that empowered choice and go, am I going to be happy with this and own own that that space of, no, actually, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm good. Or are we going to make an empowered choice to take different actions and make things different?
1: You know, I had a I had an incident, kind of I'd say around mid June, where I got bullying again from some of the local moms in my group and mm-hmm. in my Facebook group that I run, two thousand local moms. And this happened before when I expressed my concerns around um, the vax and specifically around teenagers. So I got a lot of pushback then. And and again, this time I got a lot of pushback because I was encouraging people to ask their school what they were teaching in sex ed class. And I did a whole show about that. So you guys, if you're listening and you missed it, you can watch the replay, listen to the replay. Um, But interestingly, my husband and I were talking about it in the kitchen and he said, well, do they know how upset you are? Because the lie that I tell myself is I'm fine, like dust myself off, Mm. dust myself off move on. You know, I'm, I'm very resilient. I'm very confident. I'm all the things, which is true, but I'm, I was also very upset, which you could tell because there were multiple swear words coming out of my mouth. Um, just about the whole, just, I guess, disappointment and how women can treat other women, honestly. Mm. And, but he, he was basically being in a really great way, calling me out and saying, well, you know, maybe you're not as fine about this as you, as you think you are, because I'm so overly diplomatic in the way that I deal with it in the group. Yes. but that was really good, and then just you know. So then I ended up doing a little bit of a post on Facebook, just to my friends, but just because they just see me as someone who doesn't get ruffled and doesn't get upset, and and I'm I'm very very um, and I generally don't. But I think it's important, you know, to acknowledge. Actually, this is bothering me more than I'm letting on.
0: Yes, and I, I mean that is a really good point because that is especially in you know New Zealand and the Kiwi way of like, oh, it's I'm fine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have that of brushing things off and kind of not being honest with our own feelings and how much they're hurting us. And I also want to honor you for listening to that feedback from your husband because that's really difficult. And that's another area where we can not be the best in relationships. And, you know, people will ask me, like, well, how do I how do I find out these lies while well, you're your spouse, your, your partner, they know. Your, they know your kids are amazing at seeing your lies. Now, a lot of parents will not actually let their kids give them feedback. Okay, kids might speak up and go, oh, well, hey, you're being a hypocrite or you're doing this. And a lot of parents will shut their kids down for saying that to them. And actually what your kid is doing is giving you, it could be valid feedback. You know, not all feedback that your uh, that your teenagers give you is <laughs> you're not necessarily going to want to take it on board. But have that have that conversation and actually listen to it. And this again, it's not comfortable. It's it's hard. But if someone is telling you that you've got a pattern or you've got a behaviour that you're not actually aware of, and we all have them. Again, right? We all have them. There's no judgment here there's no shame here it's just an opportunity to go hey does is this valid and do I want to change this or am I happy with how I am behaving or am I happy with this pattern very powerful very powerful powerful and yeah when you when you take that on board and I you know just in the last week I have had a conversation with my teenager where my teenager has told me about a bad parenting behavior that I have and brought that up with me. And I don't react to that. Like I'm not, I'm not getting angry at him for that. I'm curious about it. I'm like, tell me more. What do you mean by that? What should I do differently? How would you see the situation being better so that it works for everyone? you know, it's about really being curious and inquiring rather than that natural response to just have that feedback and that reaction of like, no, you're wrong. Or no, I don't do that. Or don't be ridiculous. Right. And we can just shut it down completely. That's not going to help anyone in relationships to move forward when we're putting up those walls.
1: I think also if we can encourage our kids to in a not not necessarily eloquent way but to effectively express to somebody if they're a little bit out of alignment i would call it but um if they're lying to themselves and if we as parents can be open to hearing that and i wrote down you know let your kids call you out mm-hmm. like let them call you call you out if you are actually doing something that is out of alignment or kind of hypocritical to what you're you're saying i think that's a great skill that we're allowing them to practice in the yeah. in the home environment
0: Absolutely. A skill that is going to serve them really well in life as well.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So the lies we live by, hopefully we're raising some people's awareness around this for themselves. If you feel up to looking at it, looking in the mirror, great. Um, what other what other tips and a, a guidance do you have for us? I know you you talk a lot about the inner game. You do a lot of work around that mindset piece. So, you know, in terms of what everyone's been navigating over the last 3 years, challenges, self-reflection, you know, learning about things, what other bits of advice or guidance can you give us that's not necessarily for business, but just more general guidance for us here in in society?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like so often we can look outwards at all the external things that are going on and we can really Empower ourselves more by looking inwards a bit more and going, What can I do to help society? What can I do to help my own life? You know, sort out your own ship before we're like going out there uh, putting judgment and opinions on everyone else. It's like, What is going on in my world that I need to kind of look at? and sort out Um, obviously you can do both but it's important that we're looking inward as well and doing it from a place of empowerment and knowing that it's like all the chaos out there it has an effect on us but we also have a lot of power and choice about the decisions that we make and the things that we can do to make our own lives better and the community around us better
1: and what, what's something that you've done maybe in the last year or so where you've done that trying to make, I know you and Andy do a lot. I know Andy does a lot of cool rock climbing and stuff with, with local kids. What, what, what's something that you've, I don't know, been part of that you can share with us? Like just a good little good news story. If you've got one.
0: A good news story, you know? Um, yeah. So Andy runs these open days at the local Craig down at um, Mongre Springs. And so he's really helping people to get out there and Um, get more active be in nature a lot more Uh, for me personally I've been really working on our own house system Um, both of my kids have really needed extra support over the last few years and as much as I have wanted to run out there and go and help lots of people um, my priority and my focus Really have been around them and helping them to navigate this time, and helping myself too. I'm, as you know, I'm a very big giver, and so my natural tendency is to go out and and help everyone. Um, but it was actually harder for me to sit back and go, do you know what? I need to look after my own health and well being, and my family unit's well being right now. Um, rather than rushing out and and helping lots of other people. Doesn't mean I wasn't helping people as well, but my main focus and priority has been around our family unit and making sure everyone's good in that unit so that we could move forward. Well that is
1: I mean that's key. And you know, even within our own family, you know, something I've been saying to the kids for years, you know, let's say we're all when they were younger, trying to get out the door and Ruby's saying to Jonah, Jonah, find your shoes, do, do, do Jonah, do this, do that, Xavier. And she's, telling, she's bossing them around. And I would go, Ruby, <laughs> worry about yourself, focus on yourself. Like, do you have everything you need? Okay, then get in the car. You know, like, so my message to them is not so much worry about yourself, but focus on yourself, meaning get yourself sorted, make sure you've got, you know, whatever it is your phone and it's charged and you've got your shoes or whatever it might be rather than telling everyone else what to do and I think that's a little metaphor for exactly what you're saying sometimes we do need to focus on our very own inner world whether that's our actual self as an individual or the inner world of our family specifically and then other times it might be okay now it's time you know I'm focusing on the outer world because at the moment and I feel like we can shift and change depending on where we're at
0: absolutely and I mean You know, I, because I've such a, generally such a big giver, I burnt myself out five years ago. And so it was really, again, that was a lie I was telling myself of like, oh, I'm fine until I wasn't. Mm. And it really took me, I mean, I'm, I'm still recovering from that, to be honest, five years later, Uh, with my health, because it takes a long time to recover when you have completely got to burnout and you've given everything you can to everyone else and you haven't topped up your own tank. And so the last few years was really about actually going, I need to honor myself and I need to recharge my own batteries because I'm no use to anyone else if I'm completely depleted and I'm burnt out. And my health is broken down. And, you know, this is very common in in women that are trying to do it all where we can be running around going, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then we have a big health challenge and it will take us out. And so I'm really passionate about helping people to see, you know what, we need some balance in our lives and we need to be recharging ourselves and looking after ourselves. It isn't selfish we can help more people when we are topped up. And that's advice that we
1: hear, but of course, actually listening to it is another thing. And I, a few um, weeks back, I did an episode with Melaine Lee Butler. We talked about aligned living and specifically human design, which most of my audience knows I'm super obsessed with, but I, you know, there are certain, some people are more susceptible than others to burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I mean, this the advice of having balance and being aware and don't burn yourself out is great general advice. But in my experience and my research, there are some people that are more susceptible than others. They just can't go at the same pace um, or sustain it as, as others. So um, there's lots of factors, of course, but I think it's, it's you raise such a good point. It's like if we give, 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 we end up empty. And in in my world, there's this phrase called generosity burnout. Uh, I didn't coin the phrase, but it's it's very common. You know, it's like, it's people over giving to the point of having nothing left. And then, like you said, they crash. And usually that's a health situation.
0: Yeah. And, and it is another lie that we tell ourselves. So generally the overgivers it, we, we forget that there has to be a receiver. Okay. Like there is a duality that needs to happen at the same time in order for us to give someone has to receive and If there's no receiver, we can't give. So someone who is receiving is doing us a favor by letting us give to them, which means that if we generally ask, you know, like our givers, we don't, we're not very good at receiving. And often that's because we can have some beliefs in our head of around actually not feeling worthy, trying to prove ourselves that we are valid and enough in this world. And so we want to keep giving. We want to be seen as great people, as kind people, as givers. and But what we forget is we have to have those receivers. Those two have to both exist. And so if we're not good receivers, we're actually denying people from giving. And so we're taking that away from people. And so I always encourage people, be really great givers and really great receivers. You need both in order for that to work, not just focusing on give, 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 you have to receive as well. Do you think some people give and
1: hope that others will offer to give to them and, and they're just kind of waiting or do they, yeah, you know, like they're not giving so that they do receive, they genuinely want to give. But I think sometimes we you know, we do what we desire, you know, we we behave in ways that we would love them returned back to us. So I feel like surely some people will be giving and generous, whatever that looks like, whether it's, you know, gifts or acts of service or quality time or whatever, and
0: kind of in the hopes of having
1: some of that return to them.
0: Yes. And that comes down to our, you know, expectations, right? Which are part of our inner game. What are we expecting from other people in return? And as you brought up, like the love languages, our love language is normally quite different from our partners or our children's or our friends' love languages. And so there can be a real mismatch there. It doesn't mean that there's problems in the relationship, but it's a mismatch, right? So our expectations of what we're doing can actually cause problems. Mm. Because if, say, you're a gift giver, and I have this, I have a friend who, her love language is giving gifts. And she, every time we caught up, she would give me a gift. Mm-hmm. And my, my least, my lowest love language is gifts. So I, I actually, for me, gifts actually drive a relationship further apart. <laughs> mm. um, Cause for me, often people give me gifts that, I don't they don't resonate with me. And so I feel like there's a disconnection in the relationship because I feel like, you know, the story I had for a long time was, you don't know me, you don't see me, you don't understand me, you're giving me this gift that Mm. doesn't make sense to me. And so but for her, her love language is gifts. And so I had a lot of tension in this relationship for a long time because she kept buying me gifts and I didn't really like them and it was like what do I do here? And she was feeling like, "Oh, well I always bring you gifts and you never give me gifts." And what I, you know, understood looking at it, I'm like, "Oh, this isn't about a bad relationship here. I, you know, I've had this friendship for so long, um, you know, since we were in school, school days." And what it is, it's just She's got a different love language from me, and I have stories, you know, like limiting stories around gifts because of my experiences. Mm. And this is where a lot of our inner game comes from: is our upbringing, it's our experiences we have through life. They shape those beliefs and those thoughts that we have, which then help to, you know, create our perception and our attitude about life going forward. And so. You know, what I finally understood was, oh, right, her love language is gifts. So I should buy her gifts. And last time I caught up with her, I bought her a gift. And, oh, my goodness, just (laughs) the pure joy she had on her face has been amazing. And that simple act has brought us closer together than, you know, the previous, like, 20 years that we've been friends Because I showed her in her love language, hey, I care about you and I acknowledge you. To her, the actual gift is not important. It's the act of giving a gift. Mm -hmm. For me, if I'm giving a gift, I really want the person to, I really want it to be the most amazing gift. And for, for me to go, hey, I really thought about this gift and I see you and I acknowledge you. And so I find that really difficult because I'm like, oh well, what do I give that really gives that off? But that stopped me from giving gifts in the past. So again, that's a lie I've been telling myself. Where I'm like, do you know what? I see that gifts are important to her. I should just buy her a gift, and she just thought it was the most amazing thing—a simple gift. <laughs> you know, it can be so such a game changer. Is, it can be such a game changer, but. Those little kind of uh, perceptions or stories we have can really break down a relationship or stop money flowing to us or break down our health so easily.
1: Absolutely. You know, it reminds me, I had somebody on my, my doTERRA team, my essential oil team, and I'd always be like, Hey, let's do a photo shoot. Or I know, why don't we go shopping and we can get some clothes for your brand, do some photos. I can help you. I can teach you how to do reels on Instagram, you know, and I'm, I'm bombarding her with all of my offers to do things that I love doing things that I'm good at and things that she has absolutely no interest in. Um and <laughs> yeah. it's you know flash forward a few months later and she's like I just feel like you don't support me and I'm like what? I offered you to do this and I offered you to do that and she's like but I didn't want that. And I realized, you know, words of appreciation was her love language, not mm. acts of service, which is what I was trying to do but of course they were acts of service that I thought was fun and, re- as, and was going to be helpful to her. So I think you're right. I think once we start to see or listen to what people's love languages are, then we and we don't make the, up the stories like you going she doesn't know me at all. Why is she giving? Well, she does know you. She just really loves giving gifts. It brings her exactly, joy.
0: Exactly, because we can make up these absolutely ridiculous stories that aren't even true. And so that's where the power of communication comes in. If you want a practical tip of what mm-hmm. we can do more, we can talk more. We can ask more questions. You know, if you're confused about what someone in your life is doing and why they're doing it ask them why are you doing this what why is this important to you what does that mean to you and I guess another practical tip is the quality questions so so often in life we ask really unhelpful questions that don't support us like why am I so dumb why am I so useless Uh, why do bad things always happen to me why can't I get ahead financially they're not empowering questions they're really detrimental questions that are going to create more of that in your life you want to know why you're dumb well the universe will show you why it'll put lots of things in front of you to go hey look look how dumb you are but it's like if you start to change your questions into quality questions into empowering questions that are going to get you the outcome that you want then you can start to change things So quality questions might be like, hey, what would it take for me to improve my health? What would it take for me to have a better relationship with my children? What would it take for me to be able to make more money this month or get a better job or grow my business? Like, we're right now, you know, New Zealand's just announced we're in a recession. So business owners everywhere are going, oh my goodness, I, I'm going to go out of business. Business is going to go down. Instead of getting into that headspace and that loop, I start asking the question, how can I get more clients this week? How what do I, What actions do I need to take in order to move my business forward? I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'm pretty sure it was about
1: five or even more. Years ago when I interviewed you and you talked about this concept of quality questions, which is timeless, um, it's such a good reminder because otherwise we can get into that negative kind of victim mentality questioning. So you're right. It's not just ask questions. It's ask quality questions. And I love that phrase. So everyone write it down if you can. What would it take dot, dot, dot? And there you go. It's one of the most
0: like powerful tools I've ever come across, you know, I've been doing kind of personal development mindset uh, work and research for, you know, nearly 20 years. And in all that time, this is the most powerful, practical, simple tool you can use in your life to create change. Ask better questions, ask quality questions that are going to help you to actually create what you want
1: mic drop. Boom. All right. Let's go to the four questions. Now I've got questions for you. Um, what is one thing you've done in the past year, Kim, where you truly upped your brave? Ooh,
0: good question. I, I, do you know, I generally try to live my life upping my brave. And so when I see something, I try not to shy away from it. And I try to connect with the why of why I'm doing it. Um, so I've got two that I want to share one of them is a personal one uh, which was we switched our daughter's school at the start of the year and it was the riskier choice it was a one that had the potential to go very very wrong and just intuitively, I, I felt like it was the right choice to make a massive shift. She wasn't a, spe- a specialized school. And so we moved her into a mainstream school. And it was, oh, it just felt like the biggest, scariest risk. And we did it. We went ahead and did it. And it's worked out amazingly. There was a really rocky transition first term, shall we say. And, and I think this is the thing when we make these big, brave choices, they don't necessarily go smoothly to start with. There can be some challenges and some ups and downs, and so we had that. So uh, personally, switching schools for her was a real big up my brave. And then professionally, I think just getting myself visible more and ready to help more people this year. So like I said, I've you know kind of had that focus a lot on uh, family and health the last few years. Been my business has been ticking along and and great with long term clients. But this year, I've really put myself out there and up my visibility and and ready to help more people.
1: Awesome. You know, switching schools, we could do a whole show on that. We did the same thing with our daughter at year 11, swapping schools. That's a big mm-hmm. step. Um, but sometimes you just, you know, you do got to up your brave. You're like, this just, I always said to my husband, this is not okay for me. Like, this is not good enough. You know, um, mm-hmm. so sometimes you just know you need to make a change and it's scary, but it's so great when it works out.
0: It is. It is.
1: That's amazing. All right. Let's talk about the bucket list. What is one thing on your bucket list, something you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with?
0: I would really love to, it's kind of in the recent, in the, you know, immediate future is to really help small business owners through this time. You know, we've The business owners are kind of faced with so much um, challenges at the moment and we're going through harder economic times and it doesn't have to be a place where their businesses need to go downhill or they need to feel disempowered or victim to the external circumstances. So I would really love to help a lot more small business owners to feel empowered during this time and really take action and move their businesses forward.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, if you're a business owner and you want help in that department, you can get in touch with Kim. In fact, my next question is how can they get in touch with you? So let's do that one. How can people find you online or reach out to you?
0: Uh, So the best place to find me is at my website, amazingbusiness.com. So that's amazing, A-M-A-Z-I-N-G and then business, busines com. Uh, amazingbusiness.com or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn and connect with me, reach out, send me a message and and I'm happy to have a chat and see how I can help you to to grow your business and move it forward. So on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's Kim Baird, which is B-A-I-R-D. Yes?
1: Yes. Perfect. Okay. What's coming up for you in the next six months, either business or or
0: personal life? Like what's
1: what does the future hold?
0: What does the future hold? I'm actually uh, running one of my popular uh, programs called Awaken Your Inner Game. So that's starting at the start of August, uh, which is a May, It's all focused around this inner game work. So shifting your mindset, shifting your inner game in order to help influence and create the results that show up for you. So getting clear on getting clear on what you want to create first because that's really important. If you don't know where you're going or what you want to create, it's really hard to create anything. Um, So getting the clarity and then actually helping you, uh, give you the tools to shift your inner game and then giving you the plan to help make it happen. And that's all tailored to what you want rather than, you know, hey, you should go and do this. But it's all about connecting with yourself and going, hey, what do I really want to create in my business? And How am I going to do that? I love that so much
1: because I always talk about what do you want to courageously create? And I love that you help people do that. In fact, I think I went to one of um, your Awaken Your Inner Game events many years ago. Is this in person
0: or online for people? This is online. So this is anyone, you know, anywhere can join it. It's a six-week program. We'll have weekly uh, group Zoom calls where we dive into different topics over the six weeks. And then um, there's also like a membership site and a Facebook group so that, you know, the community can grow and question and build together. Nice. Okay. You guys can find
1: that amazingbusiness.com, I guess. Yes. All the details are there. Amazing. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, Kim, is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience around the topic of the lies we live by or anything else?
0: Yeah, just... You know, we're in interesting times right now. We're in a lot of chaos. And I really just want people to take away that they have more power than we are told or led to believe in order to create the outcomes that we want. Um, So be empowered by this time. Ask questions. Ask questions of the world. Ask questions of yourself. And know that you can create great things. Yes, you can. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today. Thanks, Nat. Thanks, everyone. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR Reality Check Radio.